Hello and welcome to Front Page Radio with your host, international author, broadcaster, and journalist Dan Wooding, the founder of Assist Ministries and the Assist News Service. Dan, who was born in Nigeria of British missionary parents, was raised in England and later worked for some of Great Britain's largest newspapers. He has been a journalist covering the world for some 47 years now with a focus on persecuted Christians and missions. And now, here's Dan Wooding with today's guest. Welcome to today's program, and I'm speaking to you again from North Wales, and I have a new friend who is involved with Revelation TV here in Europe, but you can also get it on American TV through Roku. He is named Gordon Petty, originally from Liverpool, where my mum and dad are from, and he's now the CEO of Revelation Television or TV in Spain. Where are you based, uh, Gordon? Hello, Dan. It's lovely to be with you. We're based, uh, if you fly into Malaga Airport, half an hour out of Malaga Airport, you come to a place called La Cala de Mijas, and that's where our studios are. Now, what is so amazing is I remember the old days where uh, Franco was in charge, and evangelical Christianity wasn't really even allowed. It's it's still tough. Um, there, are, there are quite a number of mainly English-speaking churches along the coast, but they're predominantly small, they're predominantly independent and uh, the, the gospel is still a little stubborn uh, to be refused by the people there. Well, our connection is the fact that you went to the Birmingham Bible Institute. My dad was a pastor in Birmingham, England. Uh, he settled there after we came back from Nigeria, and uh, your wife particularly would be involved on a Saturday night where we would go out to uh, the pubs and the coffee bars and share the gospel, and you were a student at BBI. First of all, how did you come to find the Lord, and then how did you get involved with BBI? I, I grew up in Liverpool, as you said. I was born in a place called Walton. For those who like their football, that's just midway between the Everton grounds and the Liverpool grounds. And uh, um, my home was Liverpool. If you grew up in Liverpool in the 1950s and the 60s, it was the before the days of the budget airlines and the travelling off on your holidays far away by plane. So everybody used to go in the summer to the Isle of Man, a little island off the coast in the Irish Sea. And so every end of July, my dad was a teacher, we'd climb aboard the boat for our journey to the Isle of Man, stayed in a little place called Port St. Mary, and we found a thing on the beach, the Children's Special Service Mission. And my sister and I, we loved it, because they did sausage sizzles and barbecues and uh, uh, beach hockey and sand modelling competitions, and <laughs> it was all to do with the Lord. And uh, every morning they had a service on the beach and we'd go early and help build the seats and the pulpit and decorate it with wildflowers. And we loved it so much the first year. We said to mum and dad, we must go back the second year and the third year and the third year. I can remember we all stayed in a guest house in one room, my mum and dad and sister and I. And one day I climbed into bed, pulled the covers over my head and I said, Lord, I want what these people have got. I want to know you. And that was the beginning of my, my Christian walk. Um, a, a guy called Leif Samuel was one of the uh, the leaders and I, I can remember with fear and trepidation a few days later I told him what I'd done and when I got back to Liverpool um, there was a letter from him uh, explaining a lot more and scriptures I should be looking at and that was the beginning of my, my journey 
Now we went to a church, which was a kind of respectable church, but thankfully, in a place called Seaforth, down on the docks in Liverpool, they got a little mission called Caradoc Mission, and I wanted to join the boys' brigade, and they had a boys' brigade, so that's where I went, and and that's where I learnt the scriptures, and I learnt about walking a Christian faith, and we had a youth group that was on fire for the Lord, so that really got me fired up, and and so my my faith just grew and, and blossomed from there. And when I got to 18, 19, I really felt the Lord was saying, it's training for you, Bible college training. So uh, my church wanted to send me to a respectable college. <laughs> my parents wanted me to go to a respectable college. And, and, and I said, no, that's, that's not for me. And, and I ended up much to my parents' uh, dismay by going to the Birmingham Bible Institute. Now, I understand there was a rather eccentric gentleman that ran it uh, called Brash Bronsell. And we used to hear these stories, and man, you never knew whether they were true, where he would be standing at a bus stop and he'd pray for the bus to come. And he'd be in deep prayer and everybody would get on the bus except him, and the bus would disappear without him. Is it? Have you heard those stories? Well, I haven't heard that story, but, but Brash... Uh, bless him. I mean, he, he just loved the Lord. And, and it was an eccentric place. BBI, you used to get up at 6.25, a rising bell, every morning. And uh, by 5 to 7, you had to be dressed and ready. And the whole place went silent because we had to have half an hour of quiet time. Oh. And uh, then you had your meal. Um, you, we weren't just academic. You had to do chores. So everyone had to help clear away, wash up, do the cleaning, do all the sorts of jobs. And then in the evening, quarter past ten, the doors were locked. Half past ten, lights were out. Now you met a lady there called Lorna. How did that all come about? Well, uh, Lorna was in her final year and I was in my first year. Let me just tell you, I, I went to BBI for an interview and uh, I was walking down um, Calthorpe Road going towards where the interview was taking place. Unbeknown to me, on the opposite side of the road were two ladies, uh, two students, and, and I didn't even notice them as I walked along. And one turned to the other and said, do you see that guy on the opposite side of the road? <laughs> He's going to be my future husband. No. And that was Lorna. And I, ne I mean, I knew nothing about it. I wish she'd told me, because then I wouldn't have to have done all the wooing and the uh, <laughs> romancing <laughs> in order to try to persuade her to go out with me. But that, that's how it all started. Now, where was she from originally? Well, Lorna was from a posh side of the water. If you, you, you know Liverpool. I, I, yeah, Lorna was on the Wirral, which is deemed to be the posh side. And so um, the way we connected up, really, was because when term finished, we caught the same train in order to go back to Liverpool to um, uh, the, the station in Lime Street. And then Lorna went across the water to the Wirral, and I went to my home <laughs> and to my parents. So that's the way that we met. And... Uh, at the end of uh, my three years, we got married. Do you know, the, the summer that we finished was an amazing summer because I think when you finish Bible college, a number of people get married. And we spent our summer going around different marriages. And that summer, there were four couples got married. And the amazing thing is, here we are, 50 years on, those four couples still together, still married, and all of them have been on the mission field. A lovely couple called Dave and Marion Edwins. Uh, he became a, a lecturer at Moreland's Bible College. Bill and Ann Barnett, they went and worked in um, Pakistan with one of the, the societies. 
and uh, Fred and Jan Hudson they uh, worked uh, he was an evangelist throughout the United Kingdom was with the Evangelization Society and others and, and ourselves so it's been thrilling over those 50 years to see the journey that has taken place and uh, still very much with us today and still rejoicing in the Lord can you tell the story of a Saturday night where many of the students, including Lorna, would turn up at my dad's little mission hall and fan out to the pubs and the coffee shops? Well, one of the things if you went to BBI was you had to do evangelism. And on a Saturday um, afternoon, we'd do all sorts of different evangelism. Some would, would be going into the bull ring in Birmingham and they'd do open airs. Some people visited the local hospitals and they'd just wander from ward to ward praying with people. And uh, one of the things that many students do was go to, uh, to the church where your, your father was the pastor. And uh, sure, it was the days of the coffee bars, wasn't it? And the days of the, uh, the, the groups, the Christian groups that would sing. And, uh, and teams would go out onto the streets and invite people to come back in and to listen to the music, enjoy the coffee and, and to hear the gospel. And uh, so Lorna was part of those groups that, uh, that went out. And of course, it was two of the students who were responsible for your wife um, coming to know the Lord because yeah. they talked with her after one of the coffee bars. Yeah, that was wonderful. And that was uh, Keith and Paula. And uh, they um, went to a coffee bar with her, asked her if she really knew the Lord and prayed with her and she gave her life to the Lord and came back and it was the the night we were doing a little film strip of the Oka Indians yeah. killing those five missionaries through the gates of splendor so that was very moving just before we move on Liverpool is well known for the Fab Four mm. did you have any connections at all or were you too respectable I, I was much too respectable, but I loved their music, and uh, um, I've, I've since been to the cavern where they played their music, and uh, Scylla Black, uh, who was another one who came out of, out of Liverpool, um, she, she was another one who was a favourite of her. Uh, yeah, music was very much part of it. I was part of a boys' brigade when uh, the, the Beatles hit the scene, and I can still remember we all used to talk about them and collect their records and enjoy them, but yeah. <laughs> That was all my contact with them was. <laughs> well, it's pretty amazing that uh, these, I mean, Liverpool wasn't exactly the centre of the earth at that time, was it? It was going through quite a rough time and uh, suddenly these four guys suddenly turn up and produce this amazing music. I had the great privilege of interviewing Paul and uh, Ringo and uh, also have a very funny story, Gordon, about that. Um, I was, when I worked in the British tabloids, I was asked to try and gate crash an event at Wembley Stadium where um, the, uh, the, the Elton John, the Beach Boys and the Eagles were doing a concert. And I was asked to try and get into the Royal Box to interview Paul and Ringo. Mm. And so I, you know, I was pretty good at getting past security and I got in. And I went over to Paul, who was there with his wife, Linda, and I said, um, Paul, are you enjoying the concert? He said, who do you work for? <laughs> Immediately cottoned on. I was a journalist. And I said, oh, the Sunday people. And he said, quiet, everybody. He's from the Sunday people. And he made up this song and billions of dollars worth of rock talent joined in uh, and, <laughs> and sang this song. He's from the Sunday people. And Paul actually wrote a song for me in the royal box there. Wow. He then disappeared. So I tried again with Ringo 
and he sang the same song. So I did a story some time ago with Paul saying, I've just heard your latest album, Paul, and that song isn't on it. When are you going to record it? <laughs> but anyway, you never saw them live. No, I never saw them live. Um, my my only connection was with someone called Cliff Richard. Oh, yeah. Um, Cliff is very well-known, obviously, in the UK, not so well-known in, in the States. But, but Cliff became a believer, and uh, because of that, he began doing gospel concerts around the UK. And so I got involved in initially putting on a gospel concert for him, um, and uh, then we did that on a, on a yearly basis. So I got to know him and uh, know him well. Yeah, he, we used to go to the same church as Cliff in, in Walton-on-Thames, and um, he lived in Weybridge then, and we would get to know him quite well there. But um, now let's make the big leap into television because in those early days when you were at BBI and you were a student, none of this technology was available, was it? I mean, the BBC ran everything. There was no real, particularly in Britain, religious broadcasting. I mean, you got whatever the BBC gave you as religious broadcasting. Well, that was it. I mean, you, you we had three channels at the time, four channels. I can remember when breakfast television started, and, and I certainly said to my wife, it'll never catch on. Who will <laughs> possibly want to watch television early in the morning when everyone's rushing around to, to get out? But we never had any imagination that it would develop as it was. Do you know, I, I remember I was a, a trustee, I, I am a trustee of... Uh, an organization called Christ for All Nations, which is Reinhardt Bonnke's organization. And back in the late 80s, Reinhardt was going to be doing a um, crusade conference in, in Birmingham, and I was part of a planning committee. And I came back from Lorna, took to Lorna from being at a committee meeting in Birmingham, and I said to her, do you know what, Lorna? They're going to send the minutes to us as an email attachment. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'd, I'd only got about a year before my computer, which was a big, you know, huge thing that we got. And uh, I could just about do emails on it, but now attachments to go with it. You know, technology has just <laughs> blossomed, hasn't it? The, the, the very first phone that I got was like a, a brick. Yeah. Two bricks it was. They called it luggable. That's right. And, <laughs> and, it, and it, cost, um, it cost me £1,200 um, UK pounds w when I bought it. But I was the bee's knees. I used to put it in the <laughs> middle of my car as I travelled along. And, and it would be there. Sadly, I went off to, to a meeting on one occasion and I came back. My car window had been broken oh, no. and it had been stolen. But, yeah, that was my pride <laughs> and, oh, delight. <laughs> well, one of the the amazing things that has happened really in Europe because, um, you know, there wasn't a lot of Christian broadcasting in Europe is um, Revelation TV. How did you get involved and what exactly do you do? It's, it's an interesting story. I, I, I ought to just go back a few years. And, and to say I used to pastor a church <coughs> at the time. And um, we had, we'd been in Trinidad, uh, pastored there, and we brought over a, a gentleman who was, and he prophesied over me, and he actually said that you're going to be in television. And you always think, when you hear things like that, you think, yes, because in Britain, TV isn't quite like in, in maybe some places like America. And uh, I, I just thought, I wonder how that's going to happen. Is my church going to start doing TV programs or <laughs> what's going to happen? But uh, one evening I was sitting at home and my phone rang and it was a friend of mine called uh, Barry Siegel. 
and and Barry's from uh, Israel and Barry said I'm sitting here with a guy called Howard Conder and he's just started a TV station it's been going for three weeks he's got himself into financial difficulties and uh, I've suggested that you might be able to help him and uh, I had no idea who Howard Conder was and he clearly had no idea who I was Barry put him on the phone to me and there was a kind of awkward silence because we didn't know what to say to each other uh, but in the end I, I said to him okay Howard well next time that I'm in London I'll come and see you I, I did a tour the following Easter with a, a guy called Tom, Tommy Tenney and uh, Tommy had got some meetings in Croydon and Croydon wasn't far from Surbiton where Howard was and, and so I went across and saw Howard and um, he shared uh, how he'd started. He'd, he'd, he'd been, Howard was a, a, a drummer with a lot of the, the groups you've talked about, the Beatles. We had in the UK groups like Joe Brown and the Brothers and the Baron Knights and uh, Billy Fury. And, and he was a drummer to lots of those and a session drummer. And uh, he'd become a believer. Uh, he'd gone across to the States founded a thing called the, the London Studios, which had been a recording studio. It was very successful, very well, um, doing very well out there. And he sensed the Lord said to him, Howard, I want you to go back to the UK and start a TV station. Mm. He didn't want to go. He, he fought against it like mad. And in the end he came, and uh, he had enough money, he reckoned, to last about two months. Mm. And he said, I, I don't really mind, because once my money is up, well, I've done what the Lord asked me to do and I can go back to America and I can enjoy <laughs> my life again. But a bit like the little boy with his five loaves and his two fishes, God took what he had. Um, part of that was he remortgaged his house. He, when he went to the bank and asked for remortgage, the, the, the bank manager said, well, where's your cash flow forecast? Where's your budgets? And, and Howard said to him, well, Moses didn't have them and he did all right. So, <laughs> uh, But something about it must have worked because the bank manager gave him the, the mortgage on the reloan on his house and he put that money in and it just kept going. And when I went to see him about six weeks after he'd started, um, he was desperate for finance. And, and I said, well, Howard, you, you need a, a charity behind you to, mm. to support you and to help you. And he said, well, I've taken advice, told I can't be having it. And I said, well, that's, that's bunkum. Of course you can. So he said, well, you go and start it then. So right. I went and started what I thought was going to be just a little charity <laughs> and uh, uh, just uh, support the work. And, uh, you know, that, that would be it, really. And that was uh, just on February. We're 16 years old. Mm. And, um, and where did the name come from? Oh, uh, Howard believed that the name should be something short and sharp, a bit like we have Sky, S-K-Y, or there's God TV, G-O-D. And, and one day he was driving along and he sensed the Lord said Revelation and he said, Lord, it's too big. Nobody will remember it's too big to put on a publicity. Um, but it was the name that he believed the Lord gave and that's the name that we've had ever since. And uh, that the TV station, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We're a small team. Um, we paid people were about 19 in, in total and yet God has blossomed and used it in the most amazing way so I'm sitting listening to this and I would love to tune into uh, Revelation TV in America how do I do that? 
Well, we, we're on a thing called, well, the easiest thing is for people to look at our website. We have an American website, revelationtv.com, and uh, you can get, get us live there because as soon as you go up, uh, I put revelationtv.com on, up will come Revelation TV, and whatever is playing on the station will be live there. But also you can go because in America there's a thing called the Roku Box, mm-hmm. and uh, we're live on the Roku Box. You can also go on Apple TV, and... Uh, for, for anyone who who's, wants to put it on their phone or their iPad, uh, we have a, a, an app available, and you can go to iTunes and you can just download Revelation TV and, and you get it. Do you have, like, on-demand programming as well? Yes, we do. We call it catch-up television. Yeah. But all of the programs that we do are, are there so that people can see what they've missed and, and catch up on it. And, and, and we believe that, I mean, people say, but America's got so many TV stations. Why would you want to be on American TV? Well... We, we think we've got something different. First of all, we're British, and, and most of the, the accents that people hear will be British. I'm not sure whether that's good or bad, but <laughs> um, that, that's what most people will hear. We also feel that we're, we're a different form of television station. Our big thing is to be live, and so the majority of programs are live. We want to interact with people. And uh, so we love people to email in, to text in, to comment about what we're talking about. Every morning we do a live two-hour morning show, which is looking at the news from a British perspective and then saying, what does the Bible say about that? Mm. And uh, British people have got quite a lot to say about America and Trump and and all Mm. that's happening, as well as a great deal to say about what's happening in in the UK and, and in Europe. And it's fascinating to try and talk about it and say, well, what's the Lord really? saying into that situation Uh, we have bible study we do a church service on a sunday morning that's live lots of people uh, join in i I think that what's distinct about us is that i'm reminded paul wrote in philippians chapter 2 and and he said to the that the lord left heaven came to earth became a nobody took on the form of a servant and went to the cross And I think what we've tried to do at Revelation TV is to say that there's no hierarchy. We're all servants. My my model for leadership is is a servant leader. I believe that's the the model that Scripture teaches us. And and so when people ring up Revelation TV, they're just as likely to get someone like me answering the phone as they are for other members of the team. Uh, Somebody rang up about three weeks ago and I answered the phone and I could hear them. And and they were saying to to the the, the husband was saying to to the wife, it's, it's, I've got Gordon, Gordon on the, on the phone, and and and, and they were amazed. But but we're just all, we're all ordinary people. Sure. I, I'm a sinner trying to help another sinner in order to get on with a walk with the Lord, and that's what we're trying to do at Revelation TV. What are some of the programs you and Lorna do? Well, every Sunday morning we present a a church without walls, which is a, an hour and a half of live um, church service, and uh, uh, we we. Uh, we we have what you have in church we, we we have worship we have teaching we have prayer we have communion and uh, we encourage viewers to send in their emails and so they write and they share their prayer needs they write and share their praise reports and uh, it, it's just lovely to be church we can't see each other and that's the disappointment all we can do, do is look at a red light and, and speak to folk but but we know that they're with us and and when we come to the time of communion towards the end of a service it's just a joy to be able to say now you you have your wine and your, your your bread or you've got some crackers or even some biscuits and you have some juice or you have some water it doesn't matter it's the act of sharing in 
the communion with us that's the important thing so so we do that and, and we love doing that we've done that for six years on a Sunday morning now I, I present a program called Classic Praise my my style of music is um, more classical in, in form and there's so much great Christian music out there that um, I, I just love and, and viewers write in and say please can we have somebody's got their 90th birthday just coming up um, uh, a week on Sunday and uh, a family member has written in and said oh could you please play for, for, for dad on that particular day to God be the glory so mm. we're going to start off with classic praise on that Sunday and it'll be dedicated to John Smith's birthday and uh, he'll enjoy it I'm sure so what's it like to live in Spain <laughs> well, it's warmer than Britain, which is nice. <laughs> it's uh, pretty chilly. I, you're in North Wales. You must have found that. It, it's it's lovely. We're in a part of Spain that is southern Spain, uh, a great tourist area. And, and the, the most difficult part is that I'd love to learn Spanish, and, and I don't know Spanish. And uh, I, I have a go at learning Spanish. So I'll go into a coffee shop and I'll say, um, you know, coffee con leche por favor, which means can I have a cup of coffee? And and the, the, the waiter will say back to me, so you want a cup of coffee, do you, sir? <laughs> and they want to practice their English as we're trying to practice our Spanish. So I'm not doing very well on that. One day when I retire, I might. <laughs> so if people would like to tune in, find out more, where do they go and how can they contact you, Gordon? Well, if you tune in to Revelation TV in America, you will see a telephone number appear on the screen, American telephone number. And if you dial that, it's, it's, it's a local call, but it comes through to us in Spain. That's the wonders of technology. And uh, similarly, people can write to us and we have a P.O. box in Texas and all the mail that goes there will similarly come to us and, and we'll answer it. And uh, we'd love to hear from them. Uh, nothing would thrill us more. In, in fact, our, our office now is, is manned from in Spanish times, um, 10 in the morning until 11 at night. And that means that for particularly people in America on Eastern time, they can ring any time office hours and the phone will always be answered and there'll be somebody there to deal with their inquiry. Well, I've been speaking with Gordon Petty and uh, he just interviewed me for Revelation TV and I've interviewed him for Front Page Radio. So what a delight to talk with you. Finally, Gordon, what is the biggest lesson God's taught you through all of this? Oh, so so many lessons. I, I think like you, Dan, my, my heart is for people and, and to see people's lives changed and, and for people to come to know the Lord. Um, a new program, you asked me what programs I've done, a new program we've just started, Lorna and I, is, is a program, it's simply called Persecuted Church. And, and there are so many brothers and sisters in Christ who are struggling and suffering in their faith. And I believe that we in the West just ignore them and, and just leave them to get on with it. And I think they've got so much to teach us. Gordon, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure, Dan, to talk to you. Thank you so much for interviewing me, but thank you also for allowing me to interview you earlier on today. <laughs> thank you. God bless. God bless. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Front Page Radio with international journalist Dan Wooding. If you would like a free subscription to the Assist News service, log on to www.assistnews.net. And if you would like to write to Dan, send an email to assistnews at aol.com. Tune in again for another edition of Front Page Radio on this same station.